Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can find me on Twitter at Kane Pittman and, of course, the show at Locked on Bucks. For today's episode, that is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Joining me uh, is, is maybe um, in, in his sports fandom a little more positive than he would have been because he's just finished watching the Packers game. It's the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And I say that because the Bucks game was garbage from start to finish. They got blown out by the Knicks 130 to 110. Uh, Frank asked me whether we could just make this a Packers podcast for today. And the only take I want to throw out there, I didn't watch the Packers today. I was, uh, I was watching the Bucks and did the post game. But if the Packers p- play in the snow, Frank, I feel like they should have to start games against warm weather teams minus 15 points it just feels like it, it just feels like it's unfair is that is that a hot take is that too far <laughs> i'm still scarred from i will never forget watching michael vick uh run ramp rampant <laughs> over the packers in like i was a senior in college i think that was 2000 in january i december Jan, december 2002 or january 2003 something like that like the packers I think at that point had never lost in Lambo in the playoffs, I believe. And um, they just got destroyed. And then the Niners destroyed them with Colin Kaepernick, you know, at some point in the last decade, <laughs> whatever that was. So I don't know. I actually, I'm, I feel like Lambo and snow it, 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 uh, or, or cold weather, at least um, is a little bit of like a false, gives me a false sense of security. But mm-hmm. uh, tonight, yes, for anyone who's a, a, an NFL fan and a Packers fan, that was a lot of fun. And, it, it very much looked like one team that is very used to playing in those conditions and one team that was absolutely not used to playing in those conditions. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, the, uh, the other, um, well, he's about to be, a, I think he's about to be a, a reigning MVP in the state of Wisconsin. Um, the, the current uh, two-time reigning MVP of the NBA did not look quite so good tonight, but really was, had a lot of company on that front with the Bucks and Giannis and, and company. But uh yeah, it, this would be a lot more enjoyable if we could just talk about the Green Bay Packers. But unfortunately, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks back under 500 uh, at one and two after a pretty miserable 130 to 110 loss in New York to the. I mean, nobody expects the Knicks to do anything this year. They are we're playing on the second night of a back to back. They were missing, I don't know how many people tonight, and. Bucks looked like they just sort of expect the Knicks to lay down for them. And the Knicks decided to make all their three pointers and the Bucks looked like kind of disinterested in making their <laughs> making shots. And um, they needed basically the Jordan or Sam Merrill garbage time act to uh, even get it back to within 20, which is a pretty sorry, uh, sorry way to end the first, I guess the sort of the first week of the season. Um, 
especially when you're heading to Miami for two games against a team that just smoked you in the playoffs. So I don't know. Was this? Do you think there's an element of of looking past the Knicks and taking this game for granted that we saw tonight? What what was sort of your feeling? Because I mean, it's it was a double outlier shooting night. It was the exact opposite of the of the, of the Warriors game where the Bucks made all their threes tonight. They missed all their threes, and the Knicks were incredible from three. What were they? Sixteen out of were they sixteen out of twenty seven? Fifty nine percent from three for them. Seven out of thirty eight. Eighteen percent for the Bucks. Um, you don't you know need a math degree to say that that's a twenty seven point swing on on three pointers alone, but. I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really, I, I also don't want to just take the bucks off the hook. Cause look, if you're, you're a professional basketball team, you're supposed to make shots. And if you don't make shots, you deserve to lose. <laughs> and uh, tonight there wasn't a whole lot to really commend on, on the buck side, their best players, their, their starting lineup got killed by the Knicks best players. And that's not a good place to be given, given where these teams are, uh, where these teams we expect to be at the end of the season. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think the obvious thing to say is that they did come into this game and think that they were going to sleepwalk through it. And let's be honest, we spoke about this on Christmas Day. I didn't see anything in the first half of that game when the Bucks weren't necessarily hitting their threes as, as much as yeah. they were in the second half that they weren't doing the same thing. <laughs> and the big difference was that the Knicks hit their shots because defense was clearly the talking point of the post game, we spoke to Bud, Giannis, uh, Bobby Portis, and Chris Middleton as well. And I would say the the mood would be pissed off. Is is how I would take it. Chris Middleton, in particular, every single one of his an- answers was basically one sentence long. He said, "This isn't good enough. We don't expect to come in here and lose by twenty points, and no team should expect to lose any game by twenty points." So they were frustrated. But the one thing I'll say about the defense, which is really interesting, we know that as much as fans get angry about it and we see it on Twitter, they get frustrated about the drop coverage, the fact that they can give up open threes. This isn't exactly what we've seen in the past because as you pointed to, the Knicks actually only shot 27 threes. I mean, that, that is an extremely low number in, in NBA basketball for 2020. And the, the thing that about this is, is that the guys that were taking the threes and hit the threes tonight are historically terrible shooters. Uh, Alfred Payton is a 28% career three-point shooter. He was three for three. Frank Nilekina is a 30% career three-point shooter. He was four for four. And Julius Randle is a 29% career three-point shooter, and he was three for five. So those three that are 30% or below on their career were 10 for 12 tonight. And then Alex Burks, Alec Burks, who is a decent three-point shooter, was four for five. So overall, those four players were 14 for 17 from three. And as you said, the, the raw numbers, 19% up against 60%. I don't know. I don't have basketball reference up in front of me, Frank, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that the percentage of teams or the number of teams that have won games up against that is very, very low. And again, I do think it was this. I mean, we always joke about it. It's going back to the Jason Kidd days. But to me, this was a team that didn't look that interested in competing tonight. And you can take whatever you want from that and be frustrated about certain things. But to me, they just didn't look like they were that into the game. And before it was too late, they were down by 20 points. Yeah, I mean, this team last year, they were 39-4 and four against sub-500 teams. Um, I, I, I forget what the number was. I mean, they won a crazy – they had – I don't know if they were 20-0. You know, they, they had some crazy start to the year where they literally mm. like had, did not lose to any bad teams. And I think that's been a hallmark of, of certainly the Bud Era Bucks is that they, they take care of business. And this was – not a business taking care of type of night. Um, I think, was it two years ago that maybe 
it was a treat. I think it was the first season of Bud. I think they also lost the game in New York. That was closer. Um, and when Damian Dotson and a whole bunch of other guys who you don't think of as being particularly good, I think Kevin Knox, they hit a bunch of threes in that game as well. Um, and, you know, as I was looking at it, um, you know, we're only three games in here. I think, I mean, this is what we're trying to figure out, right? I, I'm after the whole bubble experience. I'm I'm still trying to figure out, like, I mean, are the Bucks just not going to be as good at defense this year? Like, is is just is there just going to be something that just doesn't click as well? You know, have teams are, are teams slowly sort of figuring some things out where you know they're they're going to, especially in pick and roll. Um, I was looking at it right now. The the Bucks are um, a quarter of opponent possessions um, are are being categorized as pick and roll ball handler which is the highest percentage in the league. Last year it was about 21, 22%. So really not a ton higher, but it, but it's a few ticks higher. Last year they averaged 0.82 points per possession allowed. This year they're at 0.95. Um, and it just feels like teams, we saw the Celtics do this very well. We saw the Knicks do this very well as well. It just seems like teams are getting, I don't know if it's a step closer to the basket. It's not like they're just getting layups, but it seems like teams aren't shooting just you know, 18 foot contested jump shots. It seems like teams are getting, are getting better at getting closer to the basket, you know, snaking pick and rolls, um, you know, put, putting, putting the, 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 the rear contest guy sort of in, in jail, you know, like we always say, like using, you know, using your butt to kind of keep the guy on your back and your hip. Um, and it just doesn't seem like the bucks have been as effective tonight. You know, they, they've won the paint battle in each of the first three games. Tonight, though, 60 to 48, that's a ton of paint points for the Bucks. season high 60, but also that's the most they've given up as well. 48 is, is a lot by their standards um, for sure. And so, um, you know, the Knicks just made shots everywhere and it, it included the paint. And I did check um, NBA stats through three games. Bucks are tied for first in the NBA in fewest field goals allowed at the, at the rim so far which I took as a little bit of an encouraging thing because, you know, again, I think a lot of what I'm, you know, what I'm looking for early in the season is here, especially as we get more and more games, the sample size grows is trying to understand, okay, so what is the Bucks defense based on, right? Well, it's based on not giving up shots at the basket, not fouling defensive rebounding. And then, you know, you hope that teams don't go crazy from, from three. And, Teams actually have not, I mean, especially because of that Warriors game, um, the percentages are, I mean, the Bucks are not, are not giving up a crazy percentage from three at this point. So, you know, it's, it, they're one and two. Um, obviously, that first game was a toss-up. Um, defensively left a lot to be desired, for sure. And the second game, you had a lot of things go your way that made it, you know, look better than it should have. This game, you could argue, certainly, the three-point shooting made it look worse than, than it probably would have. But, you know, these things kind of even out. So, that's kind of the thing I'm going to be looking out for is, is, you know, game after game as the sample size grows defensively in particular, um, you know, are the bucks doing the things that the bucks have been good at? And if they can continue to, you know, take away easy stuff at the rim, not foul defensive rebound, then at least you have the kind of core ingredients. And I think, you know, if there's variance that goes against you from mid range or, or, you know, from two point range, you can probably live with that, you know, I mean, that, that's just kind of, that, that's sort of the, the, the general thesis of the defense is you just have to sort of live with that to some extent. Um, but, you know, if, if, if that stuff, to, if, if the kind of things that you want to do well begin to regress and, and you stop doing those things, 
that's when I think you really, you know, would, would start to become a bit worried. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think these Miami games are, are going to be really interesting because certainly there's not going to be any argument about, um, you know, not having motivation or looking past anybody. You got them two nights in a row. Um, both teams are going to be on the second night of a back-to-back the second game. So there's not going to be a rest disadvantage. And, um, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I, this is just, I mean, we've kind of alluded to it. It's a weird start to the year. You know, we saw some really weird games again today. You know, the, the Mavericks were beating the Clippers by 50 at halftime. Um, uh, what were some of the other strange results? The, the Sixers lost to the Cavs by 24. MB didn't play, but, you know, still, that's that's not expected. Um, and well, there's, there's at least one other weird, weird game. Hornets beat the Nets, but it was pretty close. Yeah. Hornets beat the Nets close game, but, but still, you know, you obviously expect the Nets, especially given the excitement around them right now, <laughs> you, know, you don't expect them to lose to, uh, to, to the Hornets. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think this is just, the Bucks are obviously a team that's still just, I think they're still trying to figure some stuff out. And, um, you know, on, on a night where you don't make any shots, um, you know, you, you definitely have a lot, I think on, on film that you probably want to want to look at. Um, do you want, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the individual player performances? Cause obviously there were not many great ones uh, on a <laughs> night like this. Um, you, anybody you want us to dig in on and kind of look at specifically? Yeah. If we want to go through the good player performances tonight, we can probably just wrap up this podcast and call it a day and come back tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, all right. I, there's a couple of players I want to talk about before I get to it. Uh, let me just talk about bet online AG because we said, Frank, uh, the Packers are rolling towards the postseason, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to betting. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. And I don't know what this would be paying, but if there's some way that you can bet money on Devontae uh, Adams getting a touchdown, I think you're probably um, going to be making a lot of money there. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The holidays are about giving, so I'm going to give you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Frank, you spoke about individual performances and you know it, it is really difficult to find a positive performance out of this uh, out of this Bucks performance tonight against the Knicks, obviously, really from the word go, they just looked, they did look flat, even offensively. They weren't really getting things going. I did tweet out at halftime that Giannis, Chris, and Drew Holiday at that point were actually well above 50% at halftime shooting from the field, and the rest of the team was really struggling. As far as bench performances go, again, you didn't get a lot. I know Bobby Portis finished with 17 points. He was 7 for 12 from the field, but he filled it up a little bit later on in the game and got a couple of mid-range shots there. So I I don't really know what to take from that. Defensively, individually, I know we're going to continue to talk about the second unit, but, you know, for me, even when you look at the starters and the third quarter is what stands out to me, I thought that the Bucs really came out with energy to start the second half. They were making a bit of a push, but they they could never actually get the margin 
two single digits or within striking distance and the Knicks hit a couple of threes and then the bench came in and then uh, the game really blew out from there. But this isn't a game where I just point to the second unit and say, well, gee, they were terrible. So is there anyone that stood out to you in particular? Because you know, even defensively, uh, I've said this before, when, when you take Brook Lopez out of the starting lineup and you do replace him with whether it's a DJ Wilson or a Bobby Portis, you are going to have to figure out ways to uh, execute defensively because what we've seen in the past, even last year, if Brook Lopez was out of, out of a game with early foul trouble, you put Robin Lopez in. Again, we know that this didn't help them in the postseason and Robin actually was unplayable the, the longer the postseason went. But what you had during the regular season was consistency that stopped the the roller coaster ride of okay, what are we going to get defensively from this team? And there was one possession today where RJ Barrett had Chris Milton in the post. He beat him off the dribble, and then Chris kind of just turned around and I, and he was kind of like, "What the?" He's like, "What's going on? Where's like where's Brook or where's Giannis or where's my help?" And that was because uh, DJ and Bobby Portis were on the floor because Giannis and Brook both had foul trouble. So I don't know where you want to go individually, but again, I, I think we are seeing that the consistency that we've seen and come to expect and know what we're just going to get when we turn on the Bucks game every single night last year is just not going to be there this year, certainly not to start the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, Portis in his quote-unquote revenge game, 17 points on 12 shots, as you mentioned, got got some I mean, garbage garbage time stuff at the end. But, um, you know, they weren't like killed with him on the floor. I, I thought it was interesting. There were, there were a couple moments in the second half where um, I think, I don't know if Giannis and Brooke were both off, but, um, Bucks were, you know, sort of trying to claw back in the game, and and there were two straight possessions where the Bucks couldn't get a rebound, and you know, and Portis just couldn't do anything with Mitchell Robinson, and and I think once there was a foul call, now there was a putback, um, but you know, again, Bobby Portis was was not that high on the list of problems problems today, right. right? Actually, got some shots to fall at least, um, but you know, I think the the shot making from the bench in general, you know, Portis hit one out of two from three um, Sam Merrill and Jordan war each at one, like deep, deep in garbage time, but Augustine Connaughton and Bryn Forbes combined for O out of 10 from three. Um, Connaughton was two out of eight. The other two guys didn't make a single shot all night. And, you know, those are, those are the, you know, aside from Portis, the, the only three other bench guys who got more than 10 minutes. And so again, it's the the flip side of what we saw against golden state. It's much more like what we saw, against Boston where, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, you're hoping you can get some bench punch from somebody and those guys didn't, didn't do anything. Right. Um, and obviously Augustine didn't play against the Celtics. Um, so it was, you know, kind of the, the reverse of, again, from like DJ in particular came in, just started making shots immediately against the Warriors. He didn't give any life in this game and, you know, was, was a minus 19. Right. So Bucks got just torched with, with him on the floor tonight. Um, but I mean, for me, you know, you just come back to the starters and, you know, you see Bucks outscored by 25 with Brooke on the floor with 20 by 23 with Chris on the floor and 13 with Giannis on the floor. And again, you know, that's mostly just because Knicks just made a bunch of shots and, you know, Julius Randle was making contested mid-range jump shots. Again, there was a degree of shot making that, you know, again, is that repeatable? Maybe not. Um, but you only play the Knicks, I guess, what? three times this year. So, you know, you just blew one opportunity to get an easy win and you don't get it back. So um, I think, you know, Chris, one out of six from three, he was seven out of 12 on twos, you know, so I think Chris looked in many ways, kind of continuing what he was doing, just couldn't hit those threes. Um, 
Giannis finishes 9 out of 15, 27 points in 32 minutes, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Um, I thought it was interesting in the fourth quarter there, Bud just had Giannis just blitzing hard on, on, on pick and rolls, which I don't know that I've seen Giannis that aggressive on a pick and roll. He, he did it a couple times, um, other than, you know, post-Jason Kidd era. And one of the times he actually surprised the, 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 the hand ball handler so much that he literally just ripped it from him and, and got an uncontested dunk out of it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Giannis, he had, what, I think 13 in the third quarter. Um, but it, it feels like he's really still struggling to figure out kind of his game. And, you know, he, he made a three early. But other than that, didn't make any shots outside of the basket area. I don't think he even took a mid-range shot tonight. Um, started missed his first three free throws then finished eight out of 13 so at least got a bit more consistent as the game went on um but you know for the most part i mean he was if not outplayed you know dueled to a draw with julius randall <laughs> which is you know not a good sign obviously you you expect obviously him to win that i i was a little surprised that julius randall marked him from the beginning and they didn't put mitchell robinson on him i thought they would put robinson on Giannis and put Julius Randle on Brooke Lopez, but they didn't do that. And Giannis really didn't, you know, consistently figure out a way to, to punish Julius Randle, um, you know, with, with, you know, for, for, for much of the night, obviously, you know, it ended up having a, a perfectly okay, you know, by Giannis' standard stat line. But, um, but that, you know, again, it, it feels like he's had came into this game with basically one good quarter out of eight tonight. He had maybe one, you know, really good quarter out of three and a half or so. Played a little bit in the fourth quarter. Um, but it just, I don't know, doesn't really feel like Giannis has um, hit his stride at this point. Um, I don't think we've seen any indication that he's added anything to his game um, at this stage. So, I don't know. This It's interesting to watch with Giannis. I mean, he obviously didn't get a full offseason. Nobody did. Um, had obviously a very kind of up and down end of the bubble. Um, and, you know, he's 26, so we always kind of joke about, you know, not wanting to bet against Giannis. Plays 32 minutes tonight. Um, he'll play more minutes this season, as we've been expecting. But um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see, is, you know, is can he actually make any meaningful improvements this year? Or is this the year that, that you know, he just sort of is who he is? Or or maybe even regresses a little bit, at least in the regular season. Um, certainly no no sign so far that his free throw shooting has, has turned a corner or that his jump shooting has turned a corner or anything like that. So, um, you know, again, he's the MVP of the league, so he doesn't, he doesn't need to get, get, you know, demonstrably better in the regular season at least. Um, but I think this season, obviously they're going to be a lot more reliant on him and, and Chris and, and Drew Holiday to, you know, night in and night out be the engines of, of this team for, for the depth issues that, that we've talked about. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I think everybody's still sort of trying to figure out kind of how these how this these new pieces are all fitting together. And um, you know, probably Brooks probably the guy I'm most worried about, um, at least offensively. And just because I just don't feel he just seems like he's sort of an afterthought right now, and they're just not really getting him involved. Six points tonight on seven shots, over four from three. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would like to. It would be nice if they could figure out maybe a way to get him a little more involved, uh, which we talked about after last game as well. Um, but again, it's just one of those things. Season is long. Um, 
and you know but again at his age i think you just worry a little bit like okay you know is if he drops off a little bit on either side of the ball that that's a big deal to this team given how much he means to them um so that'll be something obviously to watch and then i think as far as holiday goes i mean four out of ten eight points tonight five assists uh he hasn't taken a free throw since opening night. He hasn't made a three-pointer since opening night. So I think we're sort of seeing some of, you know, the limitations of his game as far as the inconsistency of him as a three-point shooter and the fact that he, you know, does not draw a lot of fouls, doesn't really get the line. That's obviously a, a limitation of his game as far as why he's not a more efficient scorer. And obviously on a night like this where you needed every point possible, um, you know, you kind of look on the margins. He, he obviously doesn't, doesn't necessarily bring that. So, um, so yeah, not, not much to write home about as, as you'd expect in a game that bucks get blown out by one of the worst teams in basketball. Yeah. Before we wrap this up, uh, a couple of final thoughts on this game, but as you sort of pointed to Frank, it was a pretty forgettable performance as right as you go through the entire box score. But uh, we do have to talk about our friends at built bar, uh, the best tasting protein bar out on the market. Uh, we know, uh, they're great for the health-conscious guy. There's 18 different, uh, 18 different flavors. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for those on the keto diet. And we've got a great deal for you guys. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON. For 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Coming up this week on Locked On Bucks, Frank's already pointed to it on this show, but if you thought that a 1-2 and two record was a little bit scary, then you might want to pick up at least one of these games against Miami coming up in a couple of days' time. They've got the back-to-back. We're going to see plenty of these through the season uh, with the shortened schedule that we have got. So we're going to be previewing and then recapping Bucks Heat throughout the week. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we really wrap this up, Frank, it, it, people, I don't know if you're getting a sense for this. I think you pointed out the other day on the show that uh, let's just say that Pat Connaughton doesn't feel like he's all that popular with Bucks fans right now. That's just the sense that I'm starting to get a little bit, and I don't think that that cause was helped at all tonight. Pat really struggled over five from three. Uh, he only had the four points, played 15 minutes tonight, which is actually down from where he's he's been in a couple of these other games. But I would say Bud is in the same category. And there's not too many things that I feel like I can tweet out now and Bucks fans are being very positive about Bud. And the only thing I will say um, in regards to the rotation tonight, I asked him, I said, listen, given the way that the game was going, given that it wasn't working really on offense, wasn't working on defense, did you have any thoughts about mixing up that rotation? Because in my mind, we've spoke about this. As far as Pat's going, if he's not hitting threes and he can be a streaky shooter, why wouldn't you put Tory Craig on there, who unfortunately later on in the game uh, took a shot to the nose and looked looked really, really sore as he walked off. So we'll wait and see what happens there. But we've spoke about it. I don't know why you wouldn't put Tory Craig in there. And if your team can't hit a shot, which the Bucks tonight, 7 for 38, 19% from three, why wouldn't you put one of the two rookies in there and at least see if they can shoot? Like, I would like to think that Bryn Forbes and these players are going to be interchangeable as the season goes on. But at the same time, it's only game three. It's a long season. I, I don't think that we can complain all offseason about the fact that 
Uh, the Bucks have been good in the regular season, but we want to see it get done in the playoffs and then completely lose it after three games. That doesn't really work out to me. That doesn't really make sense. But Bud said, I think there were some thoughts whether we could shake it up and throw somebody out there. It's also early and the guys have kind of earned their opportunities. You've got to be careful while being flexible and giving other guys a look. The one example I'll, I'll throw out there, and I looked it up after the game just to make sure I wasn't making this up, but if you remember back to last season when the Bucs weren't playing all that well, they started 2-2. Two and two. Dante DiVincenzo wasn't getting a game. He played two minutes yeah. of garbage ta- time in one of those games. So just as an example, that just because Bud didn't break glass in game three and say, well, let's get the rookies in there. Let's take uh, DJ Wilson and Bobby Portis off the floor, those types of guys. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It is a long regular season. We've got an example just last season of Bud uh, giving guys a shot. And when it wasn't working out, Dante was able to work in. And to be honest, from what we've seen, and if the guys continue to still be scratchy off the bench, I wouldn't be all that surprised if we see that in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's a good call out because um, I remember, I think I was remember Dante and, and Sterling were guys that weren't playing early last season. And we all were like, where the heck are they, right? Like, you yeah. know, especially as, as things weren't going that way. And then, then obviously, um, you know, Dante obviously became a really, a really key part of, of everything very quickly and should call out too. I mean, he's now at three straight games where mm. he um, shoots better than 50% from the field and 50% from three. Uh, he scores 10 points on seven shots again tonight, two out of four from three, obviously, you know, didn't, didn't uh, make up for, for the other issues that we've seen. But, um, but obviously I think that, that is really what, what oftentimes, you know, is, is a big differentiator for, for young guys is, is when they can't, um, have that night tonight consistency and for Dante to, you know, again, here early season caveats apply, but, um, you know, even going back to last year's playoffs, right. I mean, we think of Dante's really struggling in the bubble, but, um, he scored in the double figures and 50 shot, 50% from the field or better each of the last three games against Miami. Um, so he was actually surprisingly pretty good in that series. <laughs> that series His numbers were actually pretty respectable in that series after scoring one point in the first two games and barely playing, uh, and now the first three games of, of this season as well. Um, he's obviously, uh, again, played, played, you know, well and, and kind of brought it night to night. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it was the, the upside of tonight was, you know, I thought Jordan Nwora came in and, and, you know, and Sam Merrill hit a three as well, but Nwora, he does not need much time. He is not bashful uh, about shooting. And I think he's, to me, we talk a lot. I mean, people talk a lot about Merrill, but but I do think it's interesting to to kind of wonder, um, you know, especially if there's an injury to to one of the guys in the kind of current Bucks swing swingman rotation, um, you know, does Mora could he make some sort of at least difference um, with just shooting a little bit, right? Like on a night like this, um, I think I think what's what you were getting at with um, with the questions to to Bud, right? Is just you know, last year you had Kyle Korver, who who obviously was not playing a ton of minutes every night. Um, you know, sometimes he wouldn't play. Uh, sometimes he'd be rested. And again, you know, his shooting pedigree, you can't compare him to, you know, rookie second round picks. Obviously, you're talking about Kyle Korver, one of the, the best shooters of, of all time in the NBA. But but the Bucks really don't have anybody like that right now in their regular rotation um, that, you know, can just run around screens and doesn't really need a lot of room, doesn't really need his feet set. And is just a real danger to, to knock down threes and, and give you a little bit of a charge. I think maybe you would have hoped that, that Forbes might be a bit of that guy, but 
you know, he's, I think a guy, he, he's not, I mean, he's not a Corver type guy. Like he's, he's still a guy who I think really needs his feet set. Um, you know, he's got some limitations. He's obviously a small guy as well. Um, and he obviously hasn't, you know, really kind of broken out, right. It, it made some shots last game, but, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if, you know, and again, I imagine it may need to be injuries that, that force Bud's hand to, to play a rookie like Nora or, or Merrill, but certainly it was, it sucked to see Tory Craig get hurt. Cause I don't know if he has a concussion or what, right. He, I mean, they came up from the commercial break. He was still down on the floor. It seemed like it was a, you know, not, not just a random, you know, shot to the face that he got. I, I don't, I have no idea if he's going to be even available here as they head down to Miami for these games. But he obviously is a guy that, you know, especially given some of the, the night tonight, you know, the, the defensive challenges that we've seen would be a guy that, you know, would be an obvious option to throw in and, and try to shake things up. And, you know, he can defend up a position, down a position, et cetera. I, you know, an interesting guy in that respect. So not, not obviously a, a terrific shooter, but, you know, do you go with a guy like him or, or, you know, again, would he at some point, and I, yeah, I would agree with you. I think what you've suggested, I don't think, you know, if, if the game is tied uh, in the third quarter, we're going to see Jordan Wara in Miami or something like that. I think Tory Craig would, you know, be the guy that probably would get that deserved first shot, but obviously with him potentially being in- injured, um, I don't know. It seems like we're just going to keep seeing Pat Connaughton um, and he's obviously not shooting very well right now. And um, you know, again, uh, no shocker. I mean, he's a super streaky shooter. He doesn't has does that doesn't have a good percentage in his career. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think it will be interesting to watch if uh, if Bud at some point kind of pulls the leash back on him. But that's the downside of of all this roster turnover. Is Bud is I think generally always retreats to the players he knows. And um, if you're not a fan of seeing Pat Connaughton, well, the bad news is he's one of the few guys on the Bucks bench that that Bud knows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. I, again, we have seen it. It's not like we haven't seen Bud go to a younger guy. We saw it last season, like I said, and even Dante as a rookie. And maybe it was the fact that Bud was kind of just coming into the Bucks organization. He was kind of a part of that process. Maybe that's why he played Dante straight away. But he has played a rookie. And I think that they drafted these guys older for a reason. I mean, they went to the second second round and they picked shooters and they picked older guys I think they did that by design. So I'm just not going to sit here after game three and say that they're not going to play. We'll see. But again, yeah, I mean, as you sort of spoke to, Frank, it does feel like Pat has taken over the Ursan role in Bud's rotation where you're going to need something serious to remove him from there. I don't think the fans are going to be too excited about that, but time will tell. It is very, very early in the season, keeping in mind that they only played three preseason games as well. But uh, one and two on the season, Uh, We keep saying this, but it's kind of strange. We haven't really been in this position for a while, even though they got off to a slow start last year. It doesn't get any easier with these two games against the Heat as well. So uh, things could get interesting here, but the one thing that you won't have an excuse for if you're the Bucs is going into this game thinking you can sleepwalk through it and and perhaps pick up a win, which I, I did get the sense, whether they admit it or not, and of course they denied it. Giannis said, no, we never do that. Uh, but uh, I would I would question that a little bit. So uh, two games against the Heat to at least look for and hopefully uh, walk away from it feeling a little bit more positive. But we will leave it there for Frank Madden and myself, Kane Pippen. We will be back tomorrow. The Bucks 
we'll be traveling, uh, but we'll be able to continue working through uh, what we've seen early in the season and what we are going to look forward to. Uh, Stay safe out there. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.